This is an FOU Studios podcast. The Chris Hahn Show. Chris Hahn Show. I'm your host, Chris Hahn. The truth is on the air. And truthfully, tonight, America, I am live and I am taking your calls at 631 451 1039 if you want to be part of the national conversation tonight. Pick up the phone and give me a call. 631 451 1039 is my number if you want to be part of the national conversation. I'm live taking your calls. Uh, later on the show, I got, uh, Jordan Chariton joining me from, uh, formerly the Young Turks. He's, uh, got his own thing going on. We'll talk about that. He's a media critic. He is a political correspondent, did a lot of work on, uh, what happened in Flint. So it's gonna be great to, uh, to, uh, have Jordan in here. I am also doing this live on Facebook. If you follow me on Facebook, uh, you can check me out over there uh, as well. And I'll probably do a little Twitter live later. I'm not doing the entire show to all those people watching me on Facebook. I'm only doing the first 20 minutes on Facebook Live. You can catch the rest of the show if you don't see it uh, in my podcast, which will be up tomorrow. Or you can tune to 103.9 FM, LI News Radio, or LINewsradio.com where you could stream it. Tomorrow night, I'll be on Tucker Carlson at 8 o'clock p.m. and Sunday night. It's the return of the Chris and Dan show on uh, Justice with Judge Janine. I'll be debating Dan Bongino for the first time in about six weeks uh, on Justice with Judge Janine. Uh, bringing back a popular favorite by popular demand over there. Dan and I will be talking about the week in politics and what a week it's been. America. What a week it's been. Um, the president's attorney is going to jail for three years. I hire the best people. I hire the best people. The president's attorney is going to jail. And not because of something he did on his own with somebody else, because of things he did with the president and lies he told to cover up the things he's done with the president before he was president. America, I don't know how much longer Trump supporters are going to continue to make excuse after excuse for this man. I don't know how much longer this is going to go on. Now, uh, look, you might like his policies. You might like, you know, that he wants to build a wall that's not going to do anything for anybody and spend a lot of money. Uh, You might like a lot of things about him. But man, there are other people who share his views that won't come with all this baggage. There are other people who are conservatives that you could support other than this guy. How much longer, how much longer are you going to put up with it? I mean, this is the, this is the question I keep asking. Like, when does the dam break? And, you know, he go from 38%, which is where he's at today, America, 38%. Not good. 38. When does a dam go from 38 to 15? Like, when's that going to happen for this guy? I mean, I know Richard Nixon, Uh, on the day he resigned, had 22% approval rating in this country. 22% of Americans still still approved of him the day he resigned. When are, you know, I I mean, we're seeing this week, you know, the the show that he put on, on, I guess it was Tuesday. It it feels like it was 
30 years ago. By the way, Mike's not here. I got Joe on the other side of the glass. Joe's like 14. How old are you? 14, 15 years old? I'm 25. You're 25. Yeah. I, I, just have, have, a shoes. Young face. I have shoes older than you, man. I got Joe on the other side of the, of the glass. You can't hear him on my Facebook live because I can't plug in somehow to the system because of the new iPhone and there's all sorts of weird things. But I, I don't, I don't get it, Joe. I don't, I, I don't understand. I mean, this guy puts on a show with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer on Tuesday, which feels like it feels like it was last year, where he says he's going to shut down the government over the wall. Okay, he's going to shut down the government over the wall. Now, America, correct me if I'm wrong. I only went to one Trump rally. It was in Albany, New York, and it was scary as hell. But I went, and I remember vividly the president saying, I'm going to build the wall. And Mexico is going to pay for it. Uh, you remember that, Joe? I do. How I come we that. always forget about the Mexico part? Like, why is it? Why is he asking Congress for any money for this wall? Why does Congress have to put up money for a wall? He didn't say Mexico would reimburse us for the wall. He said Mexico would pay for the wall. Now, I know he negotiated, renegotiated NAFTA with Mexico, did he bring up paying for the wall during that negotiation? I don't think he did because they would have laughed in his face and gotten nothing for it. So to the Trump supporters out there listening to me and maybe watching me on Facebook Live, uh, give me a call. 631-451-1039 is my number if you want to be part of the national conversation. 631-451-1039 is my number if you want to be part of the national conversation. Why are we not getting the money for this wall from Mexico? Did he overpromise or is he just not that good of a negotiator or was he was he lying to us the whole time? Like was he just lying? I, I mean, I know he never thought he'd win. I never thought he'd win. Right? I I guess when you never think you're gonna win, you could say whatever you want. So the man now says he will shut down the government over the wall that he promised us Mexico would pay for. Now, I know he promised you Trump supporters out there. I know he promised you a wall, but he also promised you that Mexico would pay for the wall. And I get, I've, you know, a lot of people have been reaching out to me on Twitter and other mediums the last couple of days saying, you know, oh, I don't like paying for Medicare or Medicaid or Obamacare or anything. But you don't really get a choice of what your tax dollars go to. That's why we have a Congress, right? We live in a republic. This is not a democracy, okay? We have a Congress that determines where the money goes, right? The president can sign it or not, but the Congress is the one that decides where the money goes. The Congress gets to determine Medicare, Medicaid spending. The Congress didn't say, if you elect me, I'll build you a wall and I'll pay for the wall through Congress. No, the, the president of the United States promised us, you, Trump voters, he promised you that Mexico would pay for the wall. Now, look, I don't want a wall. I don't think we need a wall. I'll take a free wall. I mean, if the president wants to give me a free wall that Mexico is paying for, all right. I mean, it'll put people to work. I mean, we have full employment in this country by a mile. So it's not like we need the work work jobs. I guess if the economy crashes, we'll need the work. And if Mexico's willing to pay for it, I know it's a useless project. 
It's like the, you know, back in the, in the great depression, uh, uh, Roosevelt created all these jobs that we didn't need just to get people working again, to get the economy going. And we don't really need that right now. But I mean, if Mexico's paying for the wall and they make it nice, you know, where, you know, you look at it and you're not, you know, repulsed by it, looking at it, at least on the American side. I mean, I guess we don't care what it's going to look like on the Mexican side. Like they might care. They're paying for it. I mean, if they're paying for it, they're going to want it look nice on the Mexican side. I would think, right? I mean, if Mexico's paying for it and I don't have to pay for it and I don't mind looking at it, I, you could have it. I don't think we need it. I really don't. I think, you know, most of the people come here legally and then just stay, right? You talk about this caravan. Oh, the caravan's coming. The caravan's coming. The caravan is coming to the border where there already is a wall and asking for asylum, which is legal. You're allowed to do that. And the president who controls immigration can decide if those requests are valid or invalid. There's no crisis at the border. So when the president's sitting in the, in, in the Oval Office with Chuck and Nancy, I used to work for Chuck, and Nancy Pelosi, and he's talking about shutting down the government over the wall and saying, you know, put it on me. I'll take full credit for shutting down the government. I think we should shut down the government over my stupid wall that Mexico was supposed to pay for. I, I, I mean, they brought it up. Nancy and Chuck brought it up. What about Mexico paying for it? Why are we shutting down the government over this? America, every time we hear about this stupid wall, we need to hear about Mexico paying for the wall. And I get it. It's crazy to think that he's going to shut down the government. People are not going to get their social security checks. Roads are going to not be paved. People will be hurting Millions of federal workers are saying to themselves right now as Christmas approaches, am I going to have a job? So, Mr. President, I, I know this is a big game to you, but this is people's livelihoods, people who don't have a lot of money, people who don't have a $50,000 toilet like you do are you know, concerned that their $80,000 a year job or their $40,000 a year job is going to go away if you shut down the government, not to mention all the people who rely on the government to, to, to help them or who work with the government who won't get paid. All these government contractors will not get paid and then their employees will, will, will lose their jobs. You think the economy's so good you could just mess it up? This is the thing, America. He thinks this is a game. He thinks this is a game and he thinks he's playing it well and he doesn't understand that there's real lives involved that people are hurting if this decision happens anyway 631-451-1039 is my number 631-451-1039 i'm gonna go to ryan in i don't know where that says in grest it says grest joe where's that it's great neck i'm sorry oh, great neck ryan and ryan and great neck you're on the air hey how are you Chris? i'm doing great man i'm doing great i know it sounds good from here What's on your mind, man? Well, I, I, I heard the topic was the wall in um, Mexico paying for it. Yep. President said Mexico would pay for the wall. I don't know why they're not, why that's not in every conversation about the wall. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that, that 
it's obvious on a serious note that um, this was the very first thing that he said. Yeah. When he got off the escalator, he said he's going to build a wall and he's going to keep the Mexican rapists out and right. scared the hell out of everybody and, and got really nasty. And yeah. So now, now in his pea brain, he thinks <laughs> if he doesn't get that wall built, it means he can't be reelected. Right. And if he can't be reelected, he can't get through all of this stuff. Well, that, this, this is the thing, Ryan. This is the thing. He's not going to get reelected if things keep going the way they're going. Right. I mean, it, it's not going to happen. He's not. I mean, and, and again, we've been wrong about this guy so many times, but barring some amazing amount of voter suppression, which is going to be really hard to do because the Democrats now control some states that he needs to win. Right. Michigan and Wisconsin, Arizona, New Mexico. You know, he, he can't win those states, I don't think, without voter suppression. Well, so see, I'm looking at it. I'm putting the I'm putting the uh, electoral politics on the side just for a moment. Yeah. I, I think I think what's really going to bring him down is uh, when when um, when Mueller releases his report <clears throat> and shows the clear track of millions well, of laundered dollars from Russia. Uh, you know, Ryan, and, you know, your lips to your lips to God's ears. I don't know. No, I'm not. I'm not Ryan. I'm Ron. Oh, you're Ron. Joe, you're messing up. It's Joe's first day. It's oh, Ron. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> Uh, Rod, I appreciate the call. I got I got to let you go though because the people watching me no, on Twitter. No, no, he's terrific. He's terrific. Joe, you're all right with me. You're all right with him, Joe. All right, Ryan. Thanks for calling, man. Six three one four five one one zero three nine is my number. Six three one four five one one zero three nine. A little later on, I got Jordan Sheridan joining me, uh, uh, in on the program. Uh, and don't forget, you catch me tomorrow night. I'll be on Tucker Carlson live at eight o'clock, and I'll be on with Justice with Judge Janine nine thirty Sunday night. It's the Dan and Chris show. Dan Bongino, Chris Hahn, uh, you know, I get more questions about Dan Bongino than almost, I get more questions about Dan Bongino than I do about Chuck Schumer, who's the majority leader or minority leader of the United States Senate. I get more questions about my relationship with Dan Bongino these days. We haven't debated each other in a long time. Yes, we are friends. And yes, we will go at each other's throats on Saturday night for your viewing entertainment. Are you not entertained, America? We will go at each other's throats and question everything about our moral compass and deeply held beliefs for your entertainment, because that's what we do uh, on Saturday night with Justice with Judge Jeanine Pirro. Uh, tune in then at Christopher Hahn on Twitter for all of my appearances and everything else. Follow me on Twitter at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. 631-451-1039 is the number. But, you know, I, I get what he was saying. It's the wall, right? He, the guy doesn't think he's going to get reelected with the wall, without the wall. I, I got news for you. Trump supporters. I don't see how he even runs for re-election. I, I, he can't get anybody to be the chief of staff. That used to be the top job. It is the top job. It's the number one job in Washington. He can't get somebody to come do that job. Uh, nobody. Uh, there was a 36-year-old kid who was the chief of staff to the vice president who decided that he was going to just go back to Georgia rather than take this job, which would have ended his career, frankly. It appears to me that people that leave the White House aren't doing as well as they used to under every other president since Washington, when they would leave the White House and go have a great career doing something else in the public sector. 631-451-1039 is the number if you want to be part of the national conversation. So the president running for re-election, the chance he runs for re-election, I know this man doesn't like to lose. 
And if it, if his numbers don't start improving, and and this is not like he's at forty three percent like he was in the general election, in America, he got forty three percent of the vote, forty four percent of the vote. So he was always at forty four percent in those polls, and he was always close in these swing states. And yeah, he might be close in Michigan and Wisconsin. You might see polls that have him close, and and that election is going to be decided by one or two percent. But he's but Pennsylvania's gone. And he needs Pennsylvania. So I don't know where his path to reelection is because I don't think he gets both Wisconsin and Michigan and he's definitely losing Pennsylvania as we stand today. So yeah, when, uh, what Ryan said, I know some of you guys watching me on Twitter couldn't hear Ryan, but what Ryan said, or Ron, sorry, Joe, Ron, uh, what Ron said was that in his brain, he sees the wall as his path to reelection, which is probably true, right? Because his base is going to say, why don't you have a wall? He had two years of a Republican Congress, both the House and the Senate, and he couldn't get funding for that wall. Now there's going to be a Democratic House and they'll never give him funding for the wall. So yeah, he's going to shut down the government in December because it's his last chance to get the wall funding. And I got news for you. The House and Senate are probably going to come to a continuing resolution to fund the government for the next six months. And they're going to send that to the president. And he's going to veto it. And the Congress is probably going to override his veto. We will Let's see what happens. It'd be interesting to see what happens here. But I could see the government staying open despite the president's pledge to shut it down. Now, it would take Republicans growing a spine, which I know is very, very difficult to foresee right now. It would take them growing a spine. But I could see that happening. I mean, I saw the, the quotes from the leadership, some of them saying, I saw it, but I wish I hadn't seen it. I saw the disgust in what happened Tuesday when Chuck and Nancy uh, met with him. And by the way, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer did everything they could to try to save this guy's dignity during that meeting. They said, we should take this off camera now, Mr. President. And he wanted that fight and he looked ridiculous. I have talked to many of my friends on the other side of the aisle over the last 48 hours about that meeting, many of them, and they all privately say, I can't believe that man. I can't believe he let that happen to him in that meeting. Every single one of them to a person thought that he was way out of line. 631-451-1039 is my number. 631-451-1039 if you want to be part of the national conversation. Don't forget to pick up the phone and give me a call. Taking your calls all night except for 9 o'clock for a little while. I'll have a guest, Jordan Sheridan, joining me from uh, formerly Young Turks. He's got a new uh, media company he started. Uh, looking forward to talk to Jordan. Jordan used to be a booker at Fox News. That's actually how I know Jordan. And uh, first person to put me on TV. So, uh there he is. Uh, 631-451-1039. I should say national television. I've been in local television for years. Well, it didn't just happen overnight. Um, 631-451-1039. If you want to be part of the national conversation at Christopher Hart on Twitter, uh, is my handle. You could tweet me there if you don't want to get, uh, 
down and dirty on the radio, or you can just grow a pair and pick up the phone and call me, whether you agree with me or not. You don't, do not have to agree with me to be part of this national conversation because there's a lot to talk about. Shutting down the government, Michael Cohen going to jail. Today, an hour before I got here, the Wall Street Journal, which is you know owned by Fox, published a story about the inauguration fund and how that was misspent and how there's lots of questions about what was going on with that inauguration fund. It raised more money than any other president in history and had fewer events. So where'd the money go? I mean, it's not like they had Beyonce there and they needed to to fly her out. Like, where did the money go from that event? Anyway, we'll talk more about that on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Chris Hahn Show, 631-451-1039. I'll be right back. Chris Hahn Show. All right. I'm back. I'm live. I'm taking your calls at 631-451-1039. If you want to be part of the national conversation, I'm all radio now. I turned off the Facebook Live. So uh, 631-451-1039 is my number. If you want to be part of the national conversation, pick up your phone and give me a call. A little later on, I got Jordan Sheridan joining me. Uh, Jordan's been on the show before. Have, not in a while, though. Uh, and I'm looking forward to talking to Jordan, catching back up with him and what he's been doing and getting his take on how the media covers this wacky president we have. I mean, I, I am just like, I'm tired of of the way the media covers him. I I almost feel like they should stop covering him. And and that's impossible because he's the president of the United States. But I, I feel like the market is starting to catch on and they are not paying attention to everything he says. Because sometimes he tweets things that should cause the market to collapse and it doesn't. So they're kind of getting it that, you know, he's not to be taken seriously all the time, although he is the president. So I, I almost feel like the media needs to put disclaimers on half the stuff he says. I think he needs to be fact-checked at every turn. Uh, I, I mean, the guy, he lives in a fantasy world. He's fighting with Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi about the wall, and then he's saying, well, we won the Senate. We won the Senate. Mr. President, you got 8.5% fewer votes. Your party got 8.5% fewer votes nationally than the Democratic Party did, the opposition party, eight and a half percent. That is the highest ratio ever. When the Republicans had their revolution in 1995, it was 7%. The Tea Party wave of uh, 2010, a big Tea Party wave, we're going to take our country back. It was six and a half percent. Eight and a half percent. The only reason why you have any seats in the House of Representatives right now is gerrymandering. That's it. 
But for gerrymandering, you'd have nothing. You'd have like 25 seats in the House of Representatives from like Wyoming and Iowa and Alaska. So don't tell me about the Senate you won. You already had the Senate. You didn't lose the Senate. You should have picked up 10 seats in the Senate based on the map you had. Instead, you picked up two. And by the way, you squeaked by in, the, in one of those seats. That Florida seat could have gone anyway. And but for bad ballot design in Broward County again, you probably would have lost that race. So don't talk to me about winning the Senate. You didn't win the Senate. You held the Senate and you were lucky to hold the Senate. Everybody forgets Obama held the Senate in 2010. And you know what he did? He said he got shellacked. Mr. President, this was more than a shellacking. It was something I can't say on, on radio. Okay, it was it's something I can't say on radio if I want to stay on the air. And I don't record separately for the podcast. So, yeah, you got that. Think about it for a minute. That's what you got. And it wasn't fun for you or anybody in your party. And it's not going to be fun in two years if you keep this up. Now, I have given you my best advice, Mr. President. I have given you my best advice. Tack to the center. Cut deals. You know, you probably could have gotten some money for this stupid wall if you offered something like DACA. In fact, you had that deal a year ago. And for some reason, you decided you'd rather have the issue than the deal. And that's what this tells me about yesterday. You know, I watched this whole thing yesterday, not yesterday, Tuesday, with the president, Chuck and Nancy, all fighting in the overall Oval Office, president looking ridiculous. It says to me, he doesn't want the wall. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer would have made a deal with him if there was a deal to be had. Instead, he wanted to have a fight in front of the cameras because he wants to rile up his base. And I don't know if it's going to work this time because if he shuts down the government, I know for the first couple of days, maybe week or two, his base will be all for it. But if it goes on any length of time, his base will realize, because let's be clear, America, most of the people in his base don't make a lot of money and need government services more than the people on the other side. His base will realize pretty quickly what's happening to them. Now, I know they don't get it with the tax cut. They somehow think, well, maybe someday I'll be a billionaire and I'll, uh, I'll reap the benefits of this tax cut. You're not going to be a billionaire. Not someday. Probably not ever. I mean, yeah, maybe one of you, two of you, maybe even a hundred of you will be billionaires someday. But most of you won't. Most of you know this because you're old enough to know that you're on the back nine and the chance of you shooting under par at this point in your life is probably not going to happen. But when you stop receiving the services of your federal government or even your state and local government, which is taking funds from the federal government to administer programs, you'll start to realize that this guy doesn't care about you one bit. 
that this is all a game to him and he doesn't care who he hurts, who voted for him, what they stand for, what they believe in. They, he does not care. And I'm just wondering what it's going to take to get you to walk away from this guy. How many people around him have to go to jail? Manafort's in jail. Cohen's in jail. I hire the best people. Cohen worked for him for 12 years. More than 12 years. Less than eight months ago, the president on Air Force One said, talk to Michael Cohen. He's my attorney. He'll tell you. Now the guy's in jail. Now the guy's in jail. What's it going to take? Like, what is it going to take? 631-451-1039 is my number. 631-451-1039. I'm live tonight. If you want to be part of the national conversation, 631-451-1039. At Christopher Hahn on Twitter. Don't forget, the Chris Hahn Show podcast, this show without commercials, uh, it's available tomorrow, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud. I don't know where Samsung people get their, uh, their podcasts from. I have no idea. Samsung people are, is kind of strange to me. You go to SoundCloud. You can get it there. You get the SoundCloud app. I know there's a SoundCloud app on Samsung and you could just find the Chris Hahn show podcast there. 631-451-1039 though. If you want to be part of the national conversation, I, I gotta know what's it going to take. How many Trump associates have to go to jail? What are we going to learn from David Pecker? What other catch and kill things did the National Enquirer discover that we don't even know about? Because he's singing like a songbird. And it's very clear from the Michael Cohen uh, plea deal, the president knew all about this. The president inspired it. The president was present with Mike, with excuse me, David Pecker, who is the head of AMI, which is the parent company of the National Enquirer. They struck a deal in 2015 when the president was running for president to say, hey, he's running for president. Some bad things are going to come up. You got to catch and kill him. We will pay for it. It was a scheme. It violated campaign finance law. And somebody's got to be punished for it. Those laws matter, okay? Now, I get it. They're hard to prove. They're hard to prosecute. We know what happened with John Edwards. This is different than John Edwards. This was the president's own money being funneled to different places. And look, Buckley v. Vallejo, the famous Supreme Court decision, any person could spend any of their own money they want if they're running for Congress or anything else. They have to disclose it, though. You spend as much of your own money as you want. There's no limits on personal contributions to your campaign. Money equals speech. But we have a law that says you must disclose, and the president did not disclose. So if the president's not going to disclose, then how, you know, it, how, is, how are you okay with that? This is a guy who said, I'm going to be the law an order president. Okay, well, he was breaking every law the campaign laws ever wrote. Now, you might say, well, he was new to politics. He didn't know. Well, Michael Cohen was his lawyer. He should have known. He had political lawyers around him. Paul Manafort, been in politics since the 80s, should have known. Didn't care. Corey Lewandowski, been around a little bit, should have known. 
didn't know, didn't care. I don't know what it was. Were they ignorant? Were they stupid? Were they willfully violating the law? Doesn't matter. We have laws. You disclose expenses. And you don't cover up things. The American people had a right to know what was going on, and you did this to take that right away from them. 631-451-1039. I don't, look, I don't even know if it would have mattered. I mean, did anybody think Donald Trump wasn't having affairs with porn stars? I thought. Did you think that, Joe? I have no idea. You never, I mean, you look at the guy, and clearly he's sleeping with a porn star. I mean, he's probably paying for it, at least. Right. I mean, none of us ever thought that the president was a, a Boy Scout. So why was he even trying to do it? Like, why not just say, yeah, whatever. Tell the, tell the story. Nobody cares. Like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand the whole thing. I just did this whole thing. It's, and there's more to it. I, I, gotta, I, haven't, I didn't have a chance to read the Wall Street Journal piece before I came in here tonight, America. The Wall Street Journal piece is an expose about the inaugural committee. It raised way more money, double the money Obama did in 2008. And the Obama 2008 inaugural was insane. It had, you know, millions of people and major acts and tons of events. The president didn't have tons of events this time. The president had a smaller crowd. I, I know he sent uh, his press spokesman out there to, uh, to say it was the largest crowd ever, period. But that wasn't the case. Your eyes were not deceiving you. It was a smaller crowd. I know the president often wants people to look at smaller things and tell him it's the biggest they've ever seen. But sorry, Mr. President, you're not going to give everybody in America $150,000 to do that for you. No, it was smaller. But you raised a ton of money. You raised a ton of money and it appears you did some things with that fund that you shouldn't have done. I haven't read the whole story. Can't get deep into it. I'm sure I'll be talking about it this weekend on either Tucker or Judge Janine Pirro. You can watch me there tomorrow night at 8 and Sunday at, uh, excuse me, Saturday, 930 and I'm sure they'll be like, ah, what's the big deal? Ah, it's people donated the money. Ah. Yeah, there's some pay to play being alleged here as well. Yes, I know every president ever has raised money from corporations for their inaugural. Every single one. But it seems the only thing, only people getting things done in the Trump administration are people who gave to that inaugural committee. It's like, how many times, like, I, I, are you just overwhelmed by these scandals that it just is all raw to you? It all makes you numb? I mean, are you just numb to it to the point where it doesn't matter? It just doesn't matter anymore to any of you. This guy is just going to do what he's going to do and nobody's going to care because you know, it's who he is. He's a scandal-ridden guy. His company was a scandal company. His business was a scandal business. His campaign was a big fraud. His presidency is a big fraud. Doesn't matter to any of you.
Trump supporters, that is. I mean, 60% of America, it does matter to a lot. And that's not all Democrats, America. 60% is not all Democrats. A lot of independents. A lot of Republicans in that number. 631-451-1039. Is that Christine? <laughs> Let's go to Christine in Middle Island. Christine, you're on the air. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Hi, Chris. How are you doing tonight? I- I'm doing great. How are you? Good, except I'm a little worried about the government shutting down. Um, we're a military family, and not only does it affect active duty military, it's also retired military. Like my, uh, I think it would affect retired military more than active, but yeah, it's a problem. Yeah. And my uh, my son, he actually goes to SUNY Albany. Hey, oh, SUNY <laughs> Albany! I, I I go to I went to SUNY Albany a long time I ago. Know, I know. <laughs> and, well, and my son uses the GI Bill. See, this is the so, thing. Like those payments don't go out. And 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 I I my concern. I don't think the president even understands this, Christine. This is my thing. I don't think he gets it that it hurts everyone. And then there's not only, even if it doesn't hurt you, the fact that you're worried about this a week before Christmas is a shame, right? It is an absolute shame. You shouldn't have to. He has been offered a clean continuing resolution to fund the government at its current levels for the next six months. He should just take it, right? I mean, like. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's so out of touch with reality and what people go through. And whenever, whenever he says he supports the military, it makes me want to throw up because he does the exact opposite. And yeah. I used to live in Virginia Beach. You know, I lived in a Navy town. And people on Long Island, you don't really get how the military, you know, can affect a community. But down, you know, like down in an area yeah. like Hampton Roads, if if the if the payments aren't going out for either the retirees or the active people or the civilian support or the civilian support on those Um, bases, that whole community will be devastated uh, by that. Yeah. It's it's the guys who pump the gas to the, the people who, you know, teach music lessons or, you know, the people that work in the malls, like it'll affect everybody, the whole community, not just those who aren't getting, you know, their, their retirement or the, or their well, I, that, so this is why I think that the Congress is going to send him a clean CR and dare him not to sign it. I think that's what's going to happen because I don't think that they want to go through this, especially now. I mean, I would think that, you know, the Republicans in both the House and the Senate, and they still control both. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think they're going to want to have their constituents, you know, when they're home for their Christmas break, feeling the angst that you're feeling right now. And they're going to send this bill to the president and they're going to dare him not to sign it. And I have a feeling he's going to blink and he's going to sign it because I think just that's the kind of guy he is. I think he's weak. He likes to make a big statement and then he's weak. So let's hope I'm right. I've been wrong about everything about this guy for the last, (laughs) since 2015. So maybe I'll be right this time, but thanks for calling Christine. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. 631-451-1039. That's the thing, right? She's a military family. Her son's on the GI bill. And she's worried. And she should be worried. Why would the president want to put her through that? Why would he want these militaries, people who give their lives or dedicate their lives, serving this country, 
whether they are in the military or they work for the Social Security Administration or they work in some other part of the government where they're dedicating their lives to public service, something this president knows nothing about. Remember, his personal Vietnam was the dating scene in New York City in the 1980s. That's a quote from him, not from me. How does he know of military families and what they sacrifice and the VA and the GI Bill and the civilian support staff on these bases who are going to lose their jobs if there's a government shutdown? I know the military won't be disbanded if there's a government shutdown. It won't apply to military, but it will supply. It will apply to civilian support in the military. People who've dedicated their lives to this country, service of this country. It's despicable, Mr. President. It's despicable. And people shouldn't have to be worried about that. We have a roaring economy. Things are going well, and you're just trying to mess it up. And you're going to mess up their holidays, and you're going to mess up their lives. And there's a lot of people in this country right now who are unnecessarily burdened by your stupidity. All right, Jordan Charon joins me on the other side of the break. I'll take your calls at the bottom of the hour at 631-451-1039. You're listening to The Chris Hodge Show, and I'll be right back. Show. All right, I'm back. I'm live. I'll take your calls at the bottom of the hour. 631-451-1039 if you want to be part of the national conversation at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. If you want to tweet at me that way, if you're too afraid to give me a call and tell me what you really think. But right now, joining me right now is a very good friend of mine who I have not had on the air in quite some time, Jordan Sheridan. He is the proprietor, editor, publisher, distributor, owner of a new website called Status Coup, which is taking on the status quo of American media. And he's here to talk Trump, talk media, talk about some of the investigative reporting he's been doing. Jordan Sheridan, great guy at Jordan Sheridan on Twitter. Jordan, how you doing? I'm doing well. I, I'm I'm starting to lose hair, so I'll be I'll be joining you soon. Look, let me tell you something. It'll liberate you. It'll absolutely liberate you. It'll save you about an hour a day and probably two hundred dollars a year in hair care products. So there you you're, go. You're good, man. I mean, I I actually haven't been to the barber in two months. I've been doing it at home. So it's uh it's it's very liberating. I am going to go to the barber next week though. I think it's time. I think my eyebrows are getting a little bushy and I am uh I'm not equipped to do that myself. I got to have so I got to have a pro do the eyebrows, you know? 
Well, you gotta you gotta look good for that Fox News audience. I gotta look good for those old men who have bushy eyebrows because you know it's not like it's not like young people are coming up to me at coffee shops and saying, "Hey, I've seen you on Fox. I I don't agree with anything you say, but I love you." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I say. I don't agree with anything you say either, but I love you too. Um, enjoy enjoy your eggs. So, what's going on, man? How you doing? Great, great. I launched uh, this online news network. Uh, very different from uh, uh, most of the stuff out there because I'd say we cover Trump maybe three to five percent of the time. Wow, which is a, a growing market because nobody covers anything else. So we have free reign to cover. You know, if you've been paying attention, there's water problems all over the country now. There's obviously minimum wage battles going on on the local and state level. Yep. We're covering police brutality. We just went down to Dallas recently. Uh, unfortunately, there was another black man this time killed while just in his apartment. Uh, both of them, John, he was a 26 year old black man. Is this the guy where the dad. cop went into the wrong apartment and then shot Forever. this guy in his own apartment? So she says she thought it was the wrong apartment. So we were the only national, uh, outlets uh, covering it on the ground there. She was just indicted for murder. Wow. So, uh, yeah, you know, we cover Trump, obviously, uh, but we try to do it. uh, You know, I don't have anything to add that 25,000 other people aren't uh, doing. So I try to uh, fill the void and we're growing. I mean, youtube.com slash that is coup. We're at 23,000 subscribers uh, in just a few months. You really are a social media, like you're you're a social media maven. I mean, uh, you started out in this business doing web TV. That's actually how we met. Uh, we did the web show together over at Fox and, um, you really know what you're doing in it. It's like, it's been a great career for you, right? I mean, you started there, then you went over to, uh, Mediate or, uh, where else did you go? You did, uh, you had a bunch of stops. MSNBC, Mediate, TV Newser, and more recently, The Young Turks. Right. And now you got this new thing going, which is going to be successful, I'm sure, because you're good at it and you're honest. And unlike The Young Turks, I don't think you're owned by the Russians, but so <laughs> it's a, uh, and I, and I've said that, and I'll say that to Senk's face when I see him, uh, if I ever see him, because he's owned by the Russians and he uh, helped Trump get elected, if, as far as I'm concerned. That's just my opinion. Oh, that's, that's your narrative. That's my, that's my, that's my opinion of him. And I I feel like he sows discontent within progressive groups all the time. And it's, 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 it's something that needs to change. But so, uh, so tell me about this water crisis that you've been covering. I mean, oh, you've been doing a lot of work on that. And uh, before we talk about how the media is covering this world, uh, I want to hear about these investigations you've been doing, because it's very interesting to me. And it's something I don't think gets enough attention. Yeah, so in 2016, actually, when most of the cameras left after the initial uh, coverage in Flint, I actually went there that summer. I had met I had met some folks from Flint at a conference, and they told me, you know, the media has basically left us for dead, and it, and it's not fixed. So since then, I've gone back 13 times, most of which was when I was at the Young Turks, but I've been back a few times recently. And over the summer, uh, my business partner and I, we got a tip from uh, very reliable sources that there was some funny business going on as far as how the state of Michigan was testing the water for lead and copper. Obviously, after the initial water crisis, they had to do continual testing for several years to prove to the EPA that the lead levels were back to quote-unquote normal. You know, the EPA says uh, 15 parts per billion is the allowable limit. Most experts say there's really no allowable limit. I mean, it's dangerous for children right. at any 
So anyway, uh, the state had to do continual testing, and they had a, an official uh, focus group of homes that started out with 650 homes. And these homes would basically be the state of Michigan's focus group that they would measure whether the, the lead levels were lowering. So I, uh, because I've built up sources, because I do something radical and go out in the field. You actually report. report. You, you try to report. Right. <laughs> so I found out uh, initially in, in May and June, I found out that state of Michigan officials from the environmental department, these were the same brainiacs, by the way, that caused the lead problem right. in the first place. Right. They actually had gone into residents' homes that were on this official program. And they had flushed the residents' water lines right before taking the lead and copper. Unbelievable. Sample, which is just it's 100% dis- against the main EPA lead. And it's uh, despicable that they would do that. Yeah. So we knocked, uh, between my business partner, Jen, and I, we knocked on 450 doors over the summer and then again in the fall. Uh, a total of 450 doors. We found that in 35 homes that were in on this official program, they either flush the lines themselves or the environmental uh, officers just verbally told unwitting residents, wow. you, you know, w- when you test, let it run for a few minutes. And why would, why, you know, not just in Flint, but anywhere, why would they doubt what they were being told? Right. And most of them, when officials came to their home, they thought it was wonderful. Oh, they're actually doing something. I found out after the fact from the EPA on the record the actual way the testing was supposed to happen was the state was just supposed to drop off test kits and the residents were supposed to do the testing. Wow. The Department of Environmental Quality's own video online says, do not flush your water. Yet, I spoke with 150 residents. I have 35 on the record saying this is exactly what happened. So a little story, a little quick story about the media. It was supposed to be published in Newsweek. Uh, their website, and then online, uh, right. excuse me, their website, and then in the magazine. They decided to kill the story the day before. Wow. Why? Or, Why would they kill the story? Take a guess. Why, why do you think they would kill the story? Well, I mean, because, I, I mean, it, it seems like a hot story to me that, that people would want to want to know about, but somebody's paying them off not to do it. Who? Well, I could write a whole S book or have a, my own radio show to talk about the Herculean efforts to get this published. Many, some outlets passed because I couldn't find a Trump angle. Right. I mean, the truth is this happens in 2014. Right. I mean, whatever you want to, we don't need to argue about Obama, but bottom line is it, it's not getting better under Trump, but they, they wanted me to basically factor in Trump and connect it to Trump, which I just. Everything's got to be about Trump now, right? That's right. Exactly. Yeah. There's but no Newsweek, space for anything but Trump. Right. Newsweek, and I quote, and I'm sure you heard this working in politics, like in politics, when you're explaining, you've lost. Right. So they told me the story was simply too complicated for them to explain to their audience. And we turned around. We said, you know, through it. We published it on our own. And right. Put, well, shockingly, people got it because two congressmen have called for an investigation. We had celebrities. Uh, there's a there's going to be a Democratic governor in Michigan as a result, right. probably. Right. I mean, like that's part of it. I mean, this water crisis is part of why uh, the new governor got elected there. Right. And think about it. I mean, I had Aaron Brockovich on the record. Aaron Brockovich said this is literally the biggest environmental scandal since what I found. Wow. Wow. I mean, think about it. They they poison these poor people. <laughs> and now officials that literally know 
the way they're testing is basically cooking the data. They're allowed, uh, so all these residents that I met, every one of them uh, that got the results back saying, oh, no detection of lead, they went back to drinking the water. Unbelievable. So, yeah, so this is happening out in the open. And part of why it's happening, frankly, whether it's the national media, but frankly, on the local level, too, media is not doing their job. They're all chasing, you know, clicks and, and sensationalism and kind of nonsense. I mean, I've been to Flint many times, and the local media there, frankly, they, they, they just repeat whatever the state tells them. Right. The environmental department tells them. So, yeah, we're still working to, you know, get more traction on it. I, I'm working with one outlet right now to write a bigger piece about this. So, yeah, I just I can't thank you enough for having me on to share this. Well, look, I mean, Jordan, I, I mean, this is a big story. It's an important story, and it's something people need to understand and uh and they need to read it. i know i know you published a story online on medium right uh, is yeah. there a link that people can follow to get to it yes that is who's medium you could also just it's, it's it's pinned at the top of my twitter at jordan charity if people want to read the story yeah at jordan charity he's got a lot more followers than me america i don't understand what your problem is with me i mean america Follow me on Twitter. I'm very interesting. Uh, <laughs> I got a lot going on <laughs> it's, uh, between TV and radio. And every now and then I do an improv show. I mean, show up. What up? Well, well you know, I had the benefit because I used to be back down at the bottom of the basement like you on Twitter. But then I went on the campaign trail and I covered Bernie a lot. Yeah. And as a result of that, I kind of, you know, technically rode the coattails and, and I grew a large following, but honestly, I grew a large following on Twitter also because I was at Standing Rock covering the pipeline. Yeah, and the, the native fight. Yeah, I mean, you were and, like one of the last reporters there. I mean, they, yeah. the media had left, and you were still there. Yes, and to, let me tell you something. Uh, New York, you know, you get used to winters, but it's a whole different different ball game. Yeah, in North Dakota in February. Yeah, so. yeah, they 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 really put the North in North Dakota. In that winter, right. I'm sure, right? I mean, you, you emphasis on North. I mean, South Dakota, Dakota is not much better, but uh, unbelievable. Yeah. So uh, all you got to do is actually go out in the field and, you know, freeze your ass off. You'll, you'll grow. <laughs> there you go. Jordan Charitin, <laughs> at Jordan Charitin on Twitter. Status Coup on YouTube. That's his new channel, Status Coup, as in uh, we're taking over the media. So what do you think the media's problem? I mean, look, we all know that Trump dominates this media. And I don't think the media does not a, a good enough job when they cover Trump of, of pointing out how factually inaccurate almost everything he says is, and the people around him, frankly. Um, how does this change? How does it get better? Well, I think uh, we're probably going to disagree on a few things. Number one, I think that the media, namely MSNBC and CNN, have really intentionally created a Cold War reenactment. I do think uh, the Russia stuff is worth investigation. I do think it deserves coverage. I do not think it's deserved 24-7 hysteria for the last two and a half years. While they Well, I agree. Cover- I agree. I agree with you on that. I, I think that yeah. it – look, there's a lot of bad things about this president. And I think that the Russian stuff is bad, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where it's going. Right. And, you know, I think the part of the problem is since the media essentially is doing this for rating. I mean, look at Rachel Maddow, for example. Rachel Maddow, when I was, you know, first getting into politics, I loved watching her show. You would turn it on. Everybody else would lead their show with story A. 
and she'd have some random story out of Idaho. Right. She was always. She'd have Flint. She had Flint. She was the first one who brought Flint to my attention. Right. And now, I mean, to tell you the truth, sometimes I watch her and it kind of has little tinges of Glenn Beck with the red phone. I mean, right. Some of your, some of your audience might not like it, but it, it's very hysterical. And meanwhile, they're only covering, uh, you know, the Russia stuff or the porn star stuff. I mean, what is Mick Mulvaney doing? <laughs> what right. Is Rick, what is Rick Perry doing? Right. Destroying, you know, what is, uh, well, what, what um, Scott Pruitt was doing, but now his underling. I mean, I just covered a story today on Trump. His, his um, administration covered up a report from the Consumer Financial uh, Bureau Basically, Wells Fargo was scamming college students, and most experts, if you talk to experts, think the student loan debt is the next bubble. Yeah. You're not seeing that on CNN. I'm still paying my student loan, so I hope that bubble bursts and they have to fix it. It's driving me nuts. So I understand covering Trump. He's the president. Frankly, he's a madman. But I I don't think, you know, they're basically creating the, the, what I think is kind of a rewind of Rocky IV at the expense of what his administration is right. actually doing. And it's clear why they're doing it. You and I know this industry. I, I've worked at Fox. It's ratings. Exactly. Right. And they're, and they're making bank, all of them. Yeah, they are making bank. But is it all their fault or is it the American people's fault to, for wanting it and for buying into it and for just putting the eyeballs on and the, and the clicks on things that are all Trump, all Russia? And let's let's face it, we do have a president who who makes you watch him. He makes right. you pay attention. Uh, like no other politician I've ever seen in my life. Um, right. Good or bad. I mean, he wants you talking about him. Well, I don't want to uh, be an ageist, Chris, but I wouldn't say it's the American people's fault because these outlets, and that goes to the New York Times as well, the Washington Post, they're not exactly, you know, young people watching MSNBC anymore. Right. Or CNN right. Anymore. Right. Uh, most, most of those people, you know, are watching my old network, the young Turks, or hopefully as I grow, uh, my network, uh, they are getting their news on, on tablets or frankly, they're now activists uh, at these protests, but most of them are, don't watch what we're talking about because they actually are deathly afraid of climate change, which gets no coverage. Right. They are crippled with student loan debt. So then you have essentially, uh, I don't not like senior citizens, but you have about 30, about 40, over 40 crowd that honestly, I don't think really, especially in the Democratic Party, I don't think necessarily has wanted to look that closely into the mirror to really talk about, well, how do we get Trump other than Russia? Right. I don't, you know, and part, I mean, I was in Michigan. I was in Wisconsin. I was in Pennsylvania. I was in all these states. I covered way more Trump rallies than is healthy. I'll send you my therapy bill. Yeah. I can tell you that he had them at NASA. Right. Obviously, he didn't mean any of it. He was conning them. Right. But it was, you know, did Russia, uh, did, did his campaign have a relationship with them? I think that's clear. Yeah, but clear. Very I think clear. That, I, think, I think there's a lot of pundits and there's this narrative that, like, Russia swung the election. There's no exit poll. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that Russia's, uh, look, I, have, I don't believe that Russia swung the election. I, I think that the fact that he was coordinating with Russia is just despicable and needs to be exposed and he needs to be gone for it. But I don't think they swung the election. I think that, uh, I, you know, I, I also worry that there's been so much emphasis 
so much of a buildup for this Mueller report that when it actually finally comes out and it doesn't clearly link the president to anything, which I think I think is more likely than not, I think it'll link other people to it, but it won't link him. I, I think there's going to be a big problem. It, it might boost his ratings a little bit too much. I, I got to tell you, I mean, I, I, uh, I'm, this isn't to pat myself on the back, but I, I usually have decent instincts. I thought when Hillary Clinton picked Tim Kaine, that was it. Yeah. Because I, 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 I had seen up close you know, there was this narrative that, oh, the Bernie people, they'll come back. Well, you, you didn't exactly, you know, endear yourself to them. Right. In case. So right. talking about instinct, I have a feeling that what you're saying is right. I really think if Mueller had some smoking gun with clear criminal, um, the Trump campaign, which I don't even think is intelligent enough to, to right. coordinate with a foreign government, but I don't think there's going to be that smoking gun. And I think Trump is going to take that and he's going to run against the quote, deep state conspiracy that tried to take him down. Right. I think they were just, look, I think honestly, the Trump campaign never thought they were going to be president. They were trying to get a real estate deal in in Russia. Uh, They were saying whatever they needed to say to Russia to get that real estate deal. They never thought they'd win. So it's kind of hard to say they intentionally were trying to do anything when they never really thought they were going to win. Right. They and were the they were taking money for things. I mean, the, the Russian deal and the follow the money with the Moscow, you know, the, the Trump Tower, Moscow, whatever it's going to be that that's where he probably had some criminal liability. But it, it's not what people think. I think. Yeah. Well, look at it. Look at the opportunity actual journalists had during the 2015 and 2016 parts of this. OK, they basically I mean, CNN, MSNBC, there was no investigative reporting into him. It was just show his rallies, show him on the escalator, right. talk about his tweets. Talk about day. what a crazy thing he said. <laughs> Meanwhile, I mean, like Michael Isakoff, for example, he's with Yahoo. He's one of the good investigative reporters. He's done great stuff before he became president on his financial ties to Saudi right. and Russia, having nothing to do with WikiLeaks or the campaign or anything like this. Tell you the truth, I don't really think it would have. I, I honestly, I'm starting to think he can shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and his people. I, I got to tell you something. There's at least 30% of Americans that would not care. All right, I got 30 seconds left with you, man. This went by real quick. Uh, yeah. st- let's let's go through the plugs and where we can find you. First of all, Twitter, at Jordan Charitin on Twitter. How do you spell Charitin? C-H-A-R-I-T-O-N. You could read that one story right at the top. Right at the top. And the new... Venture is called Status Coup America. Status C-O-U-P. C-O-U-P. And you can go to youtube.com slash status coup. I'm live five o'clock every night. There you go. Status coup is the way to go. Jordan Charity, my good friend. That's been way too long. Thanks for joining me. I will be taking your calls. Bottom of the hour. Right after this break. 631-451-1039. I'm live. You're listening to the Chris Hunt Show. And I'll be right back, America. else you heard today and listen up the chris han show is on the air all right i'm back and i'm live i never want to end when this song's on i love this song it's one of my favorite 
It, it's definitely top five all-time songs for me. This is uh, Green Day's Holiday coming at ya. WRCN. <laughs> the station used to be a rock station. Probably used to play that song back when I was a kid. Uh, 631-451-1039 is my number. 631-451-1039. If you want to be part of the national conversation, you got a little bit of a little time left with you tonight. Love talking to Jordan. Great guy. Make sure you check out Status Coup on, uh, on uh, YouTube. And also don't forget to check him out at Jordan Chardon on Twitter. He's got a lot to say. He's an interesting guy. He's not your traditional media voice. And it's a voice that you need to listen to and pay attention to. He's covering things that other people aren't. So make sure you check him out. 631-451-1039 is my number. At Christopher Hahn on Twitter is my handle. Christopher Hahn NY on Instagram, something that I'm not good at either. Uh, Christopher Hahn NY on Instagram. But I'm trying, man. I'm trying, America. I'm trying. Uh, catch me tomorrow night on Tucker Carlson, eight o'clock. Catch me on Saturday, nine 30 on Janine Pirro live from the basement. Uh, I'll be doing my hits. Uh, don't forget going to be a good time. Uh, my reunite reuniting with, uh, Dan Bongino, who is a friend of mine. His politics is completely insane, but Dan is a friend of mine. I, I, I mean, he really, he, he's a nice guy when he's not talking about Trump or gun rights or any of the other crazy conservative things he believes in that I, I don't. So six, three, one, four, five, one, one, oh, three, nine, but you know, let's just get, let's just get to the heart of this. I mean, I, I think that I and most of America have seen enough and we're just waiting for Congress to catch up, right? I, I'm not saying, America, that we should impeach the president. I don't think that we're at that point. I think if the Democrats tried to impeach the president right now, that they would uh, suffer losses as a result. But we are at a point where Republicans in Congress need to grow a spine and stand up to this man, put the constitutional check on this man that our forefathers and the founders of this nation intended. I mean, they foresaw a president like this. They did not foresee a Congress like this. Now, I know that Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats in the House of Representatives, when they take office in, God, thank God, it's like three weeks, three more weeks of no check on the president. In three weeks, when there's a Democratic House, you are going to start seeing investigations that should have been going on for the last two years about what this administration is going to be been doing. And, and the American people We'll have a full accounting of the action this man has been taking, much of it in secret. And I'm not just talking about the scandals. I'm talking about the policies that he's initiating, affecting our drinking water, as Jordan was talking about, affecting our air, affecting rules and and safety and labor rates. We don't know the half of it. We're going to find out. Because now there will be a Congress that cares and that is going to do its constitutional duty and provide a check and a balance on the president of the United States. But I am wondering 
why we have not seen Republicans stand up at all. Now, I know there was an election. 33 senators just got elected to a six-year term. What does that mean? That means the next time they run for re-election, Donald Trump will either be on the last year of his second term or he will have been gone for four years. I think he's probably going to be gone for four years by then, whether it's because he lost an election or decided not to run or ate one too many buckets of KFC, frankly. He's not a very healthy man, America. But one way or another, I think six years from now, he's not going to be their problem. And the founding fathers gave the Senate a six-year term, made it the upper house, let it made it less accountable to the whims of the voters so it could be the cooling saucer of our republic. That they would not be subject to the passion of the people one way or the other. That they would be the protectors of the republic. They would be the ones to stand up to the tyrannical president. There's 33 of them that will never be on a ballot with him again. Ever. He won't be president or he won't be running. There's another 33 that won't be on a ballot with him, (laughs) that won't be on a ballot with him because they're going to be running in his midterm. There's only 33 of them that will ever be on a ballot with him where he's actually running for re-election in 2020. And most of them, by the way, are in bad, bad, bad places. The Republicans, as bad as the map was for Democrats this year, it's not quite as bad for Republicans in two years, but it's pretty bad. And the president's going to be on that ballot. And if the president's on that ballot, and it's bad for some Republicans, they need to start standing up to him right now. And those 33 that have the luxury of never running with the president again, and many of them are Republicans, they need to do their job. They need to be the cooling saucer of democracy. They need to be there with the Democrats, investigating this president, putting a proper check on him, censuring him when he makes outlandish statements, whether it be publicly or on Twitter, You can't let this stand anymore. We have to have norms in this country. The president calling the press the enemy of the people. The president praising dictators. The president siding with a man who murdered a journalist, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. These are all norms that you know any other president would have done something very differently. You never would have heard any other president call the press the enemy of the people. Now, granted, America, every politician in the history of politics has had a problem with something the press said. But the press is important to our democracy. It is the First Amendment to the Constitution. They are the only profession that is protected by the Constitution. The only one. First Amendment, read it. So this president calling the press the enemy of the people, the media, the enemy of the people. No, 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 because they're trying to get to the truth about him. 
okay, Republicans, especially you Republicans that never have to be on a ballot with him again, stand up, grow a pair, grow a spine, do your job. There's a lot to be done, America. The man can't go unchecked. The man can't be allowed to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants, say whatever he wants. He's the president of the United States. There needs to be a certain decorum. Mitch McConnell and some of the other people in the Republican caucus need to go talk to this guy and say, guess what? Party's over. There's a Democratic House of Representatives that's going to be finding out all sorts of things about you and your administration. And now we've got to start standing up to you too, or we're going to lose our seats. Worse, we're going to lose our country. We're going to lose our way of life. We're clearly starting to lose our place as the leader of the free world. And chaos is, is engulfing the rest of the world. And I, I blame him. It's Trumpism spreading like wildfire across the planet. Anyway, 631-451-1039 is my number. 631-451-1039 if you want to be part of the national conversation. I got a little bit more time left with you, so feel free to call in. I am live. It is a Thursday night, my regular night. The Islanders have been bumping me to Wednesdays a lot. Next week, I'll be back as well on Thursday, it looks like. 631-451-1039. 631-451-1039 if you want to be part of the national conversation. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Don't forget, you can catch the podcast. It'll be up later tonight, early tomorrow, uh, the Chris Hahn Show podcast. If you missed a second of the show, check out the podcast. Follow me on Twitter. Watch me on TV tomorrow. I'll be on Tucker Carlson at 8 o'clock, and I'll be on Justice with Judge Janine Saturday night. The Saturday night fights. Chris Hahn, Dan Bongino. Been a while since I've sparred with that guy. I think he's been ducking me. I really think he's been He's been selling a book. And, uh, you know, he's been trying to trying not to fight with liberals because, you know, he's called out for stupidity in those situations and he's selling a book. I get it, Dan. I get it. You're ducking me. Tough guy, tough guy ducking me. I, you know, when I sell my book, I won't duck you. I don't know. Maybe I'll duck him. I don't know. I probably, I'll probably duck everybody. I'll probably just want to go on and talk about my book. I get it. 631-451-1039 is my number. 631-451-1039. If you want to be part of the national conversation, pick up the phone, give me a call. I've got a few minutes left with you. I just, I, I'm hopeful, man. I, I think, look, you got a guy like Mitt Romney. So Mitt Romney just got elected in Utah. He doesn't care about this president. Uh, what's he going to do when he gets there? I, I know he doesn't like this president. I know they had a truce. But he can't possibly like him. So I think he's going to do, I think he's going to do the right thing. I think he'll be a, uh, a solid voice of opposition in his own party, calling the president out. I don't know. What do you think? 631-451-1039. I'm going to go to Aaron in Patchogue. Aaron, you're on the air. Hi, where have you been? I, where have I been? I've been on. I haven't been hearing your show on Thursday. This isn't Erin from Patchuk. This is Terry from Patchuk. She's a regular caller. <laughs> so, Terry, you got to follow me on Twitter. There's been time. The Islanders have been on. The Islanders have been on a lot. So I've been bumped to Wednesday nights. 
Oh, okay. I've been bumped to Wednesday night. So I, when the Islanders are on on Thursday, I'm on on Wednesday. I know it's hard to figure out because I don't go All on right, on so Friday, but it's on. A, have, you got to check it out. I'll have to check the tweet. I don't, I'm not a good tweeter. And you never respond to my tweets anyway. I, I, just I do. I respond. I can't respond. Though. I get a lot of tweets at me these days and uh, I don't always respond, but uh, when I see it, I do. Okay. So, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm on a, on a TV show. And even though I only have 4,700 followers, approximately, I'll get thousands of people tweeting at me after I'm on a show, and you might be in that mix, and I might lose you. So, so it's not, oh, okay. it's not, it's not, not, it's not that I'm ignoring you. So you gotta, you gotta, okay. you gotta just let me know. So what's on your mind, even Terry? On, even on the judge, I haven't been seeing you on the judge either. Well, I haven't been on the judge in two weeks because I had a soccer tournament two weeks ago that I had to go to my daughter. And then last week I was away at a family event, but I am back on Saturday night. Uh, I'll be back this Saturday night and I should be back most Saturdays. I mean, there might be a Saturday where we're not doing it because it's the holidays, but, uh, but I should be back most Saturdays. Okay. All right. I don't want to talk about Trump. I don't want to talk about Russia. Um, let's talk about the democratic, maybe the possibility of the nomination, uh, in 2020. Oh yeah. What about it? Who do you want? Well, I've been seeing these names coming up now the past few days. I, I would, I would like to see what's his name, the old man. What was his, uh, Bernie <laughs> Sanders name? or Joe Biden? <laughs> no, Bernie, I would like to see him try again. I don't think he's going to try again. You know why? Because there's a guy out there named Beto O'Rourke who I think will steal all the thunder from Bernie Sanders. Oh, oh, okay. And I, I think Beto O'Rourke would actually be a fantastic candidate. Uh, for the Democrats, because I think he'd bridge both the Bernie supporters and the Hillary supporters. I think they everybody likes Beto. Is he from uh, Texas? He is from Texas. He just lost okay. the Senate race. Everybody's like, oh, you lost a race. Now he's going to run for president. Well, you know, I'll give you another example. Somebody lost a race and then ran for president. A guy named Abe Lincoln. He did a pretty good job as president, I would think, right? Yeah, unfortunately, he didn't make it, though. Well, yeah, he got shot, but he did a pretty good job <laughs> while he was alive. Right. I mean, uh, I'm tired. That was a stupid thing. He saved the Republic. He saved the Republic, Terry. He saved the Republic. I know. I know. So I'm tired. So that's okay. It's late. It's late. I know it's late. And by the way, they still haven't fixed the clock in my studio. It's still on daylight savings time. You know, I'm a (laughs) national pundit. I come in doing this show and I look at a clock without the proper time on it. I look at it. I think it's 11 o'clock. It's, it's 10 to 10 and it's five to 10 or whatever it is. And, and that clock, uh, is, is absolutely wrong. You have uh, any heat in your, uh, in your studio now? Uh, my studio is 150 degrees. Uh, oh, I feel like no. I'm in a sauna. I probably lost five pounds doing the show tonight. <laughs> so, so, okay. but Terry, right, thanks. I just want to say hello. Uh, thanks for your call. I love you. Happy holidays. Ha- Merry okay, Christmas. Happy new year. Don't forget thank to catch you. me on the judge this weekend. Thanks for calling I'll in. Be Terry. Thank you. Okay, All right. 631-451-1039. Joe, Terry from Patchogue. I'm sorry. She's like, like a famous caller. She calls in every week. I got it. I know this is your first day. It's okay. Joe, you know, Mike should be here, but Mike's got a gig. He said, he says he's got a gig tonight. He's making some extra money doing a gig in Jersey. I think he's stripping. What do you think? It's definitely a possibility. I mean, there are some people out there that would like a chubby middle-aged stripper, right? 
Yeah. You know, so I mean, I think Mike, Mike would kill me if he knew I was calling him middle age. He's like 34. Uh, but he's, he's out there stripping. You know, there, look, there's, everybody's got somebody who's their type. So, you know, Mike's a furry, you know, <laughs> there's somebody out there loving it. I, I think he says he's gigging. He wouldn't tell me what he meant by that. I, I assume he's DJing or something, right? I would assume. Yeah, Mike makes a lot more money DJing than than uh, than the two hours he does doing my show. I, I'm sure. So Mike will hopefully be back next week. Not that we don't like Joe. I think Joe's a good guy. You did a great job. Other than the names in the studio, you're doing okay. Actually, you know what? Come on in here. Come on in here. I, I got I got I got a friend who's driving who just walked by Neela. Neela Mukherjee, who is the uh, head of the Red Cross on Long Island. She's probably, were you just deployed somewhere? No. Speak it to the mic. I'm live on the air right now. Coming back from D.C. Well, well, Neela, what do you want people to know about the Red Cross going into the holidays? The Red Cross is still working out in California. We are just nonstop. It's a, it's always a go. We're responding to home fires out here. So just keep your eyes open. Know that if you need us, you can call us. We're available 24 hours a day. Well, we love you, Neil. I keep up doing the good work. Thank all right. You. Really appreciate it. Nice seeing you. Thanks for stopping in. I saw her walking by the studio. I said, hey, come on in here. Red Cross, it's Christmas time. Oh, we got to. It's the last the last four minutes of the show, so I saw her here. I'm like, let's get her in here. Let's get her in the studio. It's it's this is the wild time, Joe. Joe doesn't usually produce me. Uh, it's the wild time. The end of the night, I kind of get a little loose. Right. <laughs> I get a little loose. Thank you, Neil. Six three one four five one one zero three nine. I really don't have any more time to take calls because I'm running out of time here. I'm up against the end of the show, but I, I'm hopeful. Let me end this show on a hopeful note. I know I've been talking. We've been talking about this guy, about this president about, you know, the various things he's been doing, which I think have been off the wall. And, and there's, you know, like I said, he could probably shoot people. Like he said, he could probably shoot somebody on fifth Avenue and get away with that. I agree with that, but I am hopeful with these new bouts of senators who will never have to stand with him again. The chances of this guy being popular in 2024, when they stand for reelection is slim to none. I mean, the economy, there's, We've been in a bull economy for 10 years. What's the chance that six years, 16 years of a bull market? So at the very least, we'll have a downturn in the economy, which will be blamed on him rightfully or wrongfully. So six years from now, you you guys, I'm speaking to you, senators. You owe him nothing. You will never have to stand with him again. You are there with a six-year term as the cooling saucer of our republic. So whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, an independent, whatever you are, you've got a job to do. And that job is not to be a blind supporter of the president, who frankly is not even of your party. He's of himself, right? He is of himself. So America... Call these guys that just got elected today. Give them a call and ask them what are they going to do to be a check and balance to this president? What is their plan? They never have to stand with them again. They never have to look at him again. He's, it, chances are he'll either not be there or he'll be so unpopular that he'll be a weight around your neck if you didn't stand up to him for the last six years. So you have the opportunity of a lifetime 
to perform your role as the founders intended it and to save our republic. All right. I want to thank you all for listening and I want to remind you all to seek the truth. Listen. Question everything. Question everyone, even me, America. Seek the truth. I know it's out there and I know you'll find it if you look hard enough. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening, America. Wish our weekdays away, spend our weekends in bed. We drink ourselves stupid, we work ourselves dead, and all just because that's what mom and dad said we should do. We should run through the forests, we should swim in the streams. Chris Hahn Show podcast is recorded live at 103.9 FM in New York at Long Island News Radio. This podcast was sent to Face Off Unlimited headquarters in Astoria, Queens, and was edited by Joe Tex. Executive producers are Joe Tex, Jay Painter, and Eric Robinson. FOU Studios is a property of Face Off Unlimited LLC. I'm Peter Hargarden, the senior producer of podcasts here, and on behalf of everyone who worked on the show, we'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Subscribe to catch all of our other podcasts here on the FOU Studios Podcast Network. To learn more about Chris and to find out about his upcoming television appearances, follow him on Twitter at Christopher Hahn and at ChristopherHahn.com. To learn more about FOU, connect with us via social media at FOU Studios and visit us at FOUStudios.com. <laughs>